All right, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Fitness podcast. I am here with longtime friend and part of the NC Fit crew. This is MDV, and I am pitching to him a phenomenal question. So for those of you out there who are at work, maybe you love your job, maybe you don't like your job, maybe you make a lot of money, maybe you don't make as much money, there's always going to be these people who are going to ask themselves this very simple question. Should I quit my job and should I go open up a gym? And our th- uh, talk today is going to be focused on that. Mm-hmm. MDV, we're going to do an AMRAP today. I say, uh, what do you think, a 20-minute AMRAP? you think the crew could last that long? I like 20-minute AMRAP. Sounds good. 20, classic. Classic 20-minute AMRAP today, guys. Whether you're cruising into work, you're uh, you know on a train somewhere, on a bus, let's have a good listen. Let's ask this simple question. Should I quit my job and open a gym? MDV, we start in three, two, one, and let's go. All right, MDV, so you know the question. Yeah. The first... The first thing I would have to ask of you is that whenever anybody asks me this question, I, I start mm-hmm. off with three things, then I'm going to pitch it to you, and I know you have a bunch more to talk about. Yeah. Three things. Is it a good time in your life to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, Did you just have a baby? Um, did you just get married, et cetera? Right? Do you have other priorities going on in your life? Number two, um, you know, are you in a financial position right, where you could you know, um, kind of weather the storm, for lack of a better term? And then thirdly is, you know, are you credible? Do you have a competitive advantage against other people to go out there and open it? And I think what you and I, we should talk about today is, you know, what, what are all the pieces to all this? You know, just because I'm passionate about fitness, I go open up a gym. Yeah, I think, I think those three things that you just mentioned there, man, those are, those are three essential keys to that consideration. And, you know, for me, those come down to all, are you making a responsible decision? Are you making an adult decision? Are you saddling up and looking at all the variables in front of you and saying, hey, this is really what I want to get into at this time. It's right for me. If you have a family, it's right for my family. It's right for me financially. I'm credible in the business. What I think is the death trap for some people is they go to a job they don't like. They go into work and they toil away for eight hours. They sit there drawing t-shirt logos and they have this pipe dream about what it's going to be like to open a gym. They don't know anything else and that's it. Right. And they want to open a gym and that's that's it. That's all I want to do. I want to open a gym. Oof, that's tough. And that motivation, that inspiration is is amazing, right? It is. It's, It's inspiring alone to have such powerful thoughts about something that could be, I want to compete at the CrossFit games. That could be, I want to open a gym and do our love for a living, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to have these big goals and aspirations. It's another thing to, to build up a, a background of work, to have that earned confidence we talk about to actually go ahead and make the plunge and equating that to the CrossFit games mm-hmm. real quick. I mean, how many guys do you talk to on a regular basis to say they want to go to the CrossFit games? Oh I mean, man. Oh, almost every day we talk to somebody. Almost every day. And, and what I say to them is the fact that you care enough about something inspires me. Yeah. It does. But you got to ask yourself the deep question of, have you earned the right to try and even be able to say those words, right? Like, have you put in enough work of years and years and years to say, hey, I'm going to go to regionals. Or I want to go to regionals. Or is that just, again, like you said, a pipe dream, a, a perceived goal that you don't have the background to, to back up? Yeah. And I, and I don't want to sound like I'm discouraging anybody or bashing anybody's dreams, but like, you, you know, you know better than anybody else. Someone comes up to you and goes, oh, I'm going to go to the CrossFit Games next year. And not probably 99% of those people have zero idea of what kind of work they're actually going to have to put in, how much they're going to have to dedicate themselves. You have to become a professional athlete 
And then beyond that, you're going to have to be the best darn professional athlete in the sport right. to make it there. Right, right, right. And people look at it and they think that it's easy. That's, that's kind of where my hangup is. Not easy. And, and, and to that point, it's the same exact thing with the gym owner, right? So you take these gym owners who just get, you know, they go, they go get their level one, mm -hmm. right? Which we both agree is a phenomenal course. Best course in the world. Yep. And non-debatable. And I think they finish their level one. They start saying to themselves, hey, I want to, I want to, um, I want to open up a gym, mm -hmm. right? I want to quit my job and open a gym. And they have this idea of what it's going to be like. And, and in general, it's probably not what they're thinking. So, so what kind of things do you think someone can do? What do, what do you think is the proper expectation for them to think about at this point, right? Because the reality is, is that just like you say, hey, someone wants to go to the CrossFit Games. Mm -hmm. Well, if someone wants to open up a gym and they have the same, same goals, aspirations, same internal drive for whatever may reason... I would tell someone, hey, if you want to go to CrossFit Games, you need to do X, Y, Z mm -hmm. for X amount of years. Yeah. What do you think are a few things an owner can do or a potential owner could do for X, Y, Z years to put them in a good position where they can make that 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 strong statement? Yeah. So if if somebody came to me and they asked me that, and you know, I, what I would say to them is the level. First of all, the level one course is indispensable. You, it's a prerequisite to to opening a gym. You have to have that certificate in good standing to go out there and even put in your application, right? Well, to utilize the CrossFit mark. Yes, exactly. But so let's say, let's say that that is something that you want to go do to use the analogy for the CrossFit games. Like the level one's like doing your first workout, dude. Like you got to go, yeah, you got to go to the weekend. You got to invest. You got to be there for both days. You have to go through that education process. You have to study before you have to take the test. You have to pass it. But like all the real education starts after you graduate the level one. Now you have that certificate in your hand. And if you're thinking that the level one is going to teach you absolutely everything that you need to know in a, just a weekend about owning a gym and being an excellent coach, I think that you're being naive. Like it's going to show you everything that's there, but there's a lifetime of learning that goes into it and a mastery of all those fundamentals that you're going to have to dive into. Like your education just begins, buddy, like the second you're walking out on Sunday evening. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to put in another analogy for any sport, for any for anything, really. I mean, take golf. Yeah. I mean, someone can go teach me how to, you know, swing, uh, but it's gonna take me a lifetime to develop the skills if I really want to reach the pinnacle, mm -hmm. right? And the same thing applies to the CrossFit Games. Look, you come out, you go, you know, take your level one, or maybe if you don't, maybe you get your intro to CrossFit elsewhere, whatever. You do your first workout, you do your second workout, etc. That is just the 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 tip of what's really going on right the, the rest of it is the years of dedication hard work hours in the gym that people don't see four or five hours a day now to take that same exact analogy let's revert it back to business my thing is if you just go to a level one and you you know you belong to a gym you like it you're passionate about crossfit you go to a level one right if that's your steps and then you're ready to open a gym in this day and age today mm. it, it, it's tough to assume you're going to open and be successful without without strongly encouraging you to go learn everything you can until you sign that lease you know everything yeah 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 i mean that's certainly a big aspect of it is going out there and educating yourself and taking that that idea of care and caring so deeply about what you're getting yourself into that now you're going to learn everything that you need to know about not only being a crossfit trainer but you know, owning a CrossFit facility or whatever type of functional fitness facility you're going to open, right? Caring means that you go out there and you do all that stuff. It's still, you have to be, you have to be so dedicated and so ready to put in all of that hard work that 
just being dissatisfied with what you're doing currently in your job and in your life isn't enough for me. Like you can't just be unhappy that you don't like your job and decide that you're going to go and open up a CrossFit gym. I think that there's got to be that burning desire inside of you to, to, to succeed beyond not only the other 14, 15,000 CrossFit gyms that are out there, but like everybody else who's coming after you. Like you got to work really damn hard. You're going to, you're going to, I said this before in another cast we had, you're going to have to bleed, man. And I don't know if everybody knows how to do that. Yeah. And so I, I think let's give some tangible things we could work on. You're sitting there and you're listening to this podcast and you're asking yourself, should I quit my job and go open up a gym? And I would ask you this very simple question. Why? Why do you want to open up a gym? You got to have a deep internal desire to go open it. It can't be for money because just like at the CrossFit Games, money and fame sure don't come quick. Right? Yeah, no guarantee, right? <laughs> no guarantee. And, and what does it even mean to make money in, in, in you know, a gym model, right? If you're out there and you're making you know, a couple hundred grand a year and you think you're going to subsidize that or, or replace that in six months owning a gym, you know, you got a lot of work to put in. You know? It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Do I think that you could open up a gym and in the first year begin to have a take-home salary of somewhere between 50 and 80 grand a year? I think if you really hustle your butt off and really work hard in the first year, you eventually could get to that point. But you have all these expenses that are going to add up, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I would highly recommend is if you want to open up a gym and become profitable and you know, let's just say three to six months. Profitable just covering your monthly expenses, let's just say. I think you have to owe yourself a due diligence to go learn everything you can before you open those doors. As we've talked about in the past, in the CrossFit space, or in the functional fitness space in general, in general, with the affiliate model, there's a low barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. You pay your affiliation fees, you find a space. You know, old school used to have a warehouse, now it's kind of transitioning out. The barrier to entry is relatively low. You get a hundred grand, you're good to go. But the learning curve is very high. Yeah. How to coach, how to create a foster community, how to do all the finances, how to market, right? Yeah. And if I was you sitting there right now listening to this, I would go find a gym and learn everything you can from that owner. Everything. And if he's doing it good or she, excuse me, is doing it well, rob it. If they're not doing it well, leave it behind. Yeah. And, and start today. Yeah. Not only, like you were saying, not only do you have to learn all that stuff, you got to learn how to do it better than everybody else, man. Like there's just so many options available for functional fitness out there that you have to be so damn good that somebody's going to walk into your gym and never want to leave. And I, I, I keep thinking in the back of my head, hey, I don't want to be discouraged. I don't want to be discouraged because there could be like the next uh, Jason Kleeper, the next Ben Bergeron, CJ Martin could be listening to this podcast and be like, damn, man, like I got to reconsider whether or not I should do this. But what everybody seems to forget about all three of you guys is that there was like six or seven years in there where you guys were grinding with your nose to the grindstone and like working extremely hard. Nobody saw that. Nobody remembers that. They just see comp train. They just see NC fit. They just see Invictus and they see the, the masses, the success that these gyms and you guys have done an amazing job, but like you worked your asses off for a long time. Well, let's talk about our gym and still do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Our, let's talk about our gym because, you know, I can't talk Invictus. I can't talk, you know, any other gym. Yeah, right? Those guys are just the top of the game, right? Yeah. I mean, I know them, but I, I, I want to talk about us. Yeah. So when we first started, 
when we opened in 2008. For the first six months, I believe I took one check from the company for $1,000. All the other money that I, we brought in, I reinvested in the place because we only opened it with one rower, you know, a pull-up rig made out of wood, whatever. And so I had to make sure the financial stability and to not have this huge monthly nut that drove me, that caused me stress. I was able to do what I thought was best for the business instead of doing what I thought was best to get $5 today, right? So I just want to set that expectation. Then after six months, you know, we're starting to grow, 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 grow. I was able to start paying myself a little bit, but then I started working for HQ staff, which was a blessing. So I was able to take the money I did on the weekends working for seminars and reinvest it back into the business. The seminars paid my bills. The business kept growing, right? Mm -hmm. Then after that, you know, boom, 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 boom. Then everything started to escalate. But the reason why I bring that up is that I was very lucky. You know, I, I, I it was a lot of hard work, a little bit of luck. Yeah. And I think that, um, in this day and age, it's a different landscape. 10 years later, 10 years ago, right. The, the functional fitness landscape was different. Now you got the Barry's bootcamp, the F45, you got all these guys screaming in and they have funding, they have marketing, they have brand recognition and you're coming in there and you got to, you got to, you know, you're, you're swimming with the sharks yeah. and you got to bring the heat. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. So if, let's say we went back in time and we took 2007 Jason and we brought him to 2018 and we placed him right here in San Jose, put him on the, put him on the sidewalk right in front of a building with a lease in his hand. Do you think that 2007 Jason could replicate what we've done at NC Fit again? It's a great question. And, um, you know what the answer is? I think yes. So that's funny. So it's funny you mentioned that. Yes, there's been a lot of hard work, a little bit of luck, et cetera. You know, I would be, I would be, I would not, it wouldn't be fair for me to say there hasn't been some luck involved, right? Mm -hmm. Timing is everything. But I, I was talking to somebody on the phone the other day and I said, hey, if everything was taken away from us tomorrow, I am confident that because of my background, yep. we could start up a new gym and I could own or operate it and, and grow it back to where I could have a salary that would pay my bills, Hell yeah. right? Now, my lifestyle is a little bit different than it was 10 years ago, mm -hmm. but, I'm, but I'm confident in that because I had the earned confidence. I mean, I've been doing this for over a decade yeah. and I had the sales background for five, 10 years before that, mm -hmm. right? And so my thing to anybody sitting there saying, hey, should I quit my job and open a gym? I'd say, sure, hell yeah. But answer this very simple question. How are you going to compete with guys like us? How are you going to compete with us who every day, all day have the background and the passion to go do it better because there's people out there just like us right around the corner from them. Yeah. I, I would be really, I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little, just a second about like why I, I didn't ever quit my job and open up my own gym. Like I thought about it almost every single day for 10 years about leaving everything that I had to go and open up a gym. And so I went to law school, I graduated in 2009. It was a terrible time for the economy. I graduated with a lot of debt. I never could bring myself to take on the amount of funding that I would I thought I would need to open up and also still hold my law school debt. I, I just didn't feel I never felt good about it. Maybe yeah. you could say, hey, I, I didn't want to bet on myself like that, but like it just wasn't responsible for yep. me to do it. Yep. But what I did do over the past 10 years is I worked really damn hard to try to be the best coach I could be, be the best coach in the world I thought that I wanted to be. And then continue to sharpen and take other opportunities that took skills that I had from law school and business and marketing and all that other stuff, and then take little veers off the path and then come back with the complete package. That, that was my route. 
And, and that's a really interesting point. So I think it, the fact that you're talking about responsibility, I think that's one thing. But I think it's also, can you be successful when you feel like your back is so far up against the wall? I'm not quite sure. It's nice to have, like, yes, there's something about stress that drives you forward. But if it's unresponsible stress, I don't know if that's necessarily the key. I mean, if you just had a kid and you are in debt and you're trying to go take on a hundred grand in debt and you've never been in the fitness space, it's probably not the best time for you to do this. That, yeah, it's crazy. It's stressing me out just thinking about it. But that being said, I want to touch base on what you said, right? Yes, you didn't open up a gym, but you've had, you know, you've had partners in ones and you've done different stuff. Mm-hmm. But you you have embraced the what I like to call the AMRAP mentality, where you know you've gotten yourself to be so good at something, right? You've picked one thing that you're passionate about and you became an expert at, which is coaching, product on the floor, development, etc. Right? That a company like ours was willing to pay a premium to bring you on, right? And I think that just because if you're passionate about fitness, you're passionate about coaching, but you don't like the business side, you don't have to open up a gym. No, You could just go ahead and become so valuable to whoever you go to. You become a consultant. You can do all kinds of things, but you can still make a great living and not necessarily have that, that, that owner yeah. position. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And the question that gets asked to us a lot is, is there such thing as a career coach? Mm-hmm. There's such thing as a career anything because I don't I don't care if you're washing floors, washing cars, coaching class, whatever. If you're the best in the world at it, you're gonna make a, you could probably make a lot of money doing it because you're so good. Yep, that's you're right. blowing everybody else out of the water. Yep. Think about like a like baristas, right? They have competitions for that stuff for sure. And I mean, if you're the best in the world, they seek you out. Tattoo artists, best in the world, they seek you out, right? Yes. You, if you if you dedicate to your craft and you seek it out for a long period of time, you can be successful. Yeah, I mean, you can. Think about the the people who have done it in our industry who don't own and operate gyms, but have their own programming businesses, have their own nutrition consulting companies, have the, are, are the best coaches in the world and traveling the world on CrossFit seminar staff. And making a good living. Yeah. And so that's a really valid point. I think, can you become a career coach? The answer is yes, but it's not going to be everybody, right? And it won't be easy. <laughs> and it won't be easy. Yeah. Can you become a CrossFit Games athlete? Sure. Just, it's not going to be everybody and it won't be easy. Can you become an owner? Yes, you can become an owner, but should you become an owner is the question. And do you have the skills to back it up? Yeah. Right. Because ultimately for me, I was uh, I was talking to this guy and he's he was 21, just graduated from college. And uh, you know, and I looked at him, I was trying to have like a mentorship moment. He didn't quite get it, but that's okay. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, hey man, if I can go back in time and I was 21, standing right where you're at, I wish someone had said this to me, so I'm gonna say it to you. I wish someone had said to me, find something you're really passionate about. Find something that, you know, you care about, that you have a deep desire for and do everything you can to become an expert at that craft and stay consistent. It won't happen in a week. It won't happen in a month, maybe not even a year, but years from now, right? When you stay so consistent at something, people will be be willing to pay you a premium for your skills in whatever you do, but you got to be the best. I, I couldn't agree more. I had a conversation with somebody who, who wanted to come coach for us not too long ago. Yeah. And this person was also a competitor and, and they're a pretty damn good competitor. I've been to regionals a whole lot of times and been pretty close making it to the games, but n- have never made it to the games as an individual. And was asking me things about career and salary and, and making a living as a, as a coach. And eventually I kind of like, I backed up a little bit. It's like, dude, like you spent the last 10 years trying to make it to the cross the games. Like, this right now is my CrossFit games. Like that's what I saddled up for. Like 
it's not going to come to you overnight, no matter if you're talking about owning a business, being a career coach, being a CrossFit Games athlete, like you're really going to have to work and dedicate to it. But I think some people think that owning a gym is easy or being a great coach is easy. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are our CrossFit Games now. And, and the, the desire to get better, the desire to develop the skills, stay, stay, you know, stay passionate, stay consistent for long periods of time are going to equal out to some great results. Yeah. And the, but there's also going to be times when you're going to doubt yourself and you're going to be, you're going to be at the bottom. You have to pull yourself back up. It's, it's just how it is, man. It is how it is. And so guys, with the last 30 seconds left in this, uh, AMRAP, I just want to kind of say that it, the, the deciding moment for me personally to open up CrossFit Santa Clara in 2008 I had graduated from a four-year, you know, I graduated from a university, private university. I was pursuing a finance career and I chose after this woman told me that my suit wasn't nice enough when I went into the interview process. That was a deciding moment for me. It clicked that I never wanted to wear a suit. I wanted to wear what I wanted. I wanted to become passionate about what I was doing and open up a gym. Looking back on it now, that wasn't the most responsible reason to open up a gym. What would have been more responsible for me to do is to look back at all the years that I've been working in the fitness space to develop the skills and the confidence to go out there and open it. I should have said the deciding factor was the suit. The deciding factor should have been the fact that I rode on the elliptical three days a week with the owner of that gym and learned everything I could while in high school and college about the business of fitness. So for those of you sitting there right now saying, hey, should I go ahead and quit my job and open a gym? I would ask you this very simple question. Don't do it because you want to wear a t-shirt and shorts. Don't do it because you want to sip coffee and grow out a beer. Do it because you have the earned confidence, the background, that you know you could change people's lives and you can make a big impact and you will be successful because you've earned the right to be successful. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's nothing. I got nothing to add to that. That was perfect. MDV, I want to thank you for being on the show. Hope you all have a great day. And let's keep rising the tides. Fire it up. Fire it up.